0: Happy Easter. It's great to be able to share with you this morning on this special celebration. The impossible has already happened, shouted out a Guardian newspaper headline this past Tuesday. And as we look at the way that the world and our lives have changed over the past month or so, the impossible has already happened. None of us could have imagined, could we, even two months ago, That globally let alone individually we would be where we are now through the history of time the seemingly impossible seems to happen over and over again and yet we're always surprised who'd have thought that the earth would turn out to be round who'd have thought that the unsinkable titanic might sink that humans would get into a rocket and be shot into space and walk on the moon Who'd have thought that women would, be, would turn out to be as capable as men? Who'd have thought that a tsunami might come and wash away whole communities, devastating countries? Who'd have thought that loved one would survive? Who'd have thought that loved one might die? Who'd have thought that baby would be born? Who'd have thought that we'd be gathered this morning, morning, from places all over the globe to celebrate Jesus' birth in a virtual, digital church. The impossible happens all the time. And yet, because in its very nature it's seemingly impossible, it's always unexpected. On that Saturday, after Jesus was crucified, as the disciples hid together, desperate grieving for their leader, their friend, lost and hopeless and helpless and wondering what was going to happen next. They could never have imagined what the next day would hold. None of them expected it, but the impossible happened. The women going to anoint Jesus that early morning on the Sunday, the women going to anoint Jesus' body early on the Sunday morning discovered an empty tomb. He's not here, he's risen, declared the angel. And I expect that the women's response was not, well, um, that seems a reasonable explanation for this empty tomb we've just discovered, but rather would have been probably something like, no, that's impossible. What's going on? Where have you put his body? You see, they had stepped into an event where it appears that the impossible is actually happening. But that can't be true. It's a few minutes later, when they they encounter Jesus face to face, that they're able to see that the impossible has already happened, that Jesus is here, that Jesus is alive, he's risen from the dead. And yet what happened on that first Easter morning was impossible. It was ridiculous, because dead men don't rise. And as the news of what had happened started to spread, firstly to this disciples, secondly, into Jerusalem, thirdly amongst the Jewish leaders, not surprisingly, it's received with as much skepticism as the claims that Jesus rose from the dead is received today. Jesus had risen. This seemed completely impossible, unexpected, even to Jesus' followers. And yet as the skeptics' voices began and continued to rumble, one thing couldn't be explained. Why would the disciples make up a story about Jesus rising from the dead and put women as the central witnesses? Everyone knew that women were viewed as low down in the pecking order of the society at the time, so low that they weren't even classed as credible witnesses in a court of law. So why, if the disciples had in fact made up this story about Jesus being resurrected from the dead, made up this story about the empty tomb and the angels, why would they have put women as the first witnesses of an already seemingly impossible event, making it even less credible. It would have been ridiculous. It would have made a mockery of their story. Unless, of course, these events did actually happen. Unless, of course, Jesus had risen from the dead. And so, I, along with many of you and millions of Christians over the last two millennia, have come to the conclusion, alongside looking at the other evidence, that the only explanation is that Jesus did indeed rise from the dead. And that God gave these women the privilege of being the first witnesses amongst the 500 or so others over the following weeks who got to encounter the risen Lord Jesus. And these events transformed history. Out of death came life. And suddenly, into the darkness of the situation, there is hope. Archbishop Desmond Tutu once defined hope like this. Hope is being able to see that there is light despite all the darkness. And those women on that first Easter morning saw light break through the darkness in an incredible way. Writing about the effects of the global pandemic at the moment, journalist Rebecca Solent reflects this. The future will not in crucial ways be anything like the past. Things that were meant to be Unstoppable stopped, and things that were meant to be impossible have already happened. The impossible has already happened, and yet there is hope. In the present, we can hope that when we come out of this time, the world will have changed. Yes, there will be new and difficult challenges for lots of us to face, but we can hope that things will also have changed for the better. We may have, to learn to be, we may have learned to be kinder, to be more community-minded. We may have learned to appreciate each other more, maybe to appreciate coming to church in a church building more than we ever have done before. We may value the small pleasures of life, relish each face-to-face encounter, And the joy of going out for a coffee or to visit a family member or friend. And maybe we can hope that we will see the renewal of creation. As the earth has been given a breather. And air pollution has reduced and the seas and rivers and wildernesses have come back to life. There is hope. Theologian Tom Wright, writing about the resurrection of Jesus... Says that the events of that first Easter day were events that blew the world apart and then put it back together again. They were events that completely blew the world apart and then put it back together again. And so the resurrection of Jesus gives us hope on a completely different scale. It gives us hope which is not dependent on humanity's decision to be more kind to each other or to give fleeting attention to the small things of life. But it's dependent on the God who is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. It's a hope that's built on a God who has power over life and death, on the God who is the same yesterday, today and forever. On the God who loved the world so much that he sent his only Son so that everyone who believes in him may not die but have eternal life. That is the God who in Jesus makes the impossible possible, who daily is transforming the bland into the beautiful, the rejected into the restored, the last into the first, the shameful into the forgiven and free, the hopeless into the hopeful. And so every day we see evidence for the resurrection of Jesus all around us in the fact that we can have hope even beyond the present circumstances that we're in. We can see the hope of the resurrection too lived out through the lives of millions of people who have put their faith and trust in Jesus. And this hope, this life is open to each one of us. Jesus told this well-known parable. There was a man who had two sons and the younger son asked for his inheritance early. And after a while, he went off taking his money with him and flitted it away on the pleasures and leisures of life. And then when his money ran out and he got into difficult circumstances, He found that actually what he thought would bring him fulfillment didn't. And so he planned to go back to see his father repentant, hoping that his father may allow him to come back into the family home, even as a servant. What actually happened was that when he returned repentant, the man was showered with the extravagant love of his father. He was forgiven and he was restored into full relationship as the son of the father. Because of the resurrection, Jesus has opened up the way for each one of us to come stumbling or wandering or running back into the father's arms. All we have to do is recognise the mess that we've made of our lives and just say, here I am. I've messed up. Forgive me. Make me new. Show me who you are. Fill me with your new life. Help me to experience your love and transformation. God, help me to know you. And then to go and tell others. And for those of us who are already followers of Jesus, why don't you maybe consider at the end of this broadcast, this question... How has Easter, how have the events of that first Easter morning, how has Easter transformed my life? And then maybe share your story, share your answer to that question amongst yourselves or perhaps with somebody uh, that you can tell your answer to the question this week on email or phone or Zoom or whatever you use. How has Easter transformed my life? 2,000 years ago, God made the impossible happen. Jesus rose from the dead. And even in the midst of the present sadness, uncertainty and chaos of all our circumstances, we can experience deep joy, endless hope and a love which passes all understanding. Let's pause and pray for a moment. Father God, we thank you for the resurrection. Thank you that you conquered death and gave us the opportunity for new life in you, to have a relationship restored with the Father. Thank you that it is good news. Thank you that it is hope and thank you that it brings deep joy in whatever our circumstances are this morning. Amen.